I'm talking about the gift of God. This is another part. I think it's the second one. Part two. It may be part three. Uh, here in this scripture, uh, where Jesus uh, points out uh, to the woman at the well that she was unaware of three important facts. This woman at the well, John chapter 4, uh, to recap somebody who may not know the story, <clears throat> Jesus uh, had to go through Samaria. He was in Jerusalem and then ministering there. And he was going back home to Galilee. And the scripture says, uh, my, the King James used to say, he must needs go. That means the Holy Spirit was compelling him to go to Samaria. And so he, and he was going to a place where normally a Jewish person would not want to go through. And uh, now what this means is that sometimes the place you don't want to go, God wants you to go. Yeah. You know, sometimes that happens. And he, in this story, he went to Samaria and he was seated by a well. And it was Jacob's well. And a woman came there to get some water at midday. And when the woman came to get the water, Jesus told her to give him a drink. And uh, so she was kind of astounded because Jesus being uh, Jewish, being a Jew, she said, and she being a Samaritan woman, like an outcast, what are you talking to me? Because Jesus wasn't just saying, give me a drink. He was saying, let me drink from your dipper. Now, some people, if you're as old as I am, you know about a dipper. Uh, you may not if you're younger, if you're an internet generation. Uh, they think they call y'all Generation Z. I'd hate to be a Generation Z. Don't let them get that label on. But anyway, a, a dipper, we used to have buckets of water in the house. And uh, you went to the hydrant, which for me, some people went to the well. But I went to the hydrant, and we got the water, and we brought it back, and there was a dipper to where you could dip out and have a drink. And so Jesus was saying, and, and then usually, I think, if, correct me if I'm wrong, that was like a family dipper. Isn't that a family dipper? Y'all looking at me like you don't know. I guess y'all don't know. You can look at me. It was a family dipper. Everybody drank from the dipper, right? And you were supposed to drink from the dipper, drink it all. But some old folks in those days, they would just dip, get a dipper full and drink half of it and put it back. Now, it didn't happen in my house because that was a no-no. So you can kind of see the intimacy of this situation with Jesus at the well. So he's asking her, let me have a drink. He wasn't saying, let me have a bucket. Let me have a dip. So she, because Jews did not use the same uh, uh, articles or it, utensils. I, yeah, I was looking for utensils. And it was just running away, and I kept saying, that looks like a utensil on the back. <laughs> But, yeah, they didn't use the same utensils and, and so that, that, that they used. So this woman was astounded. That, that, that's the story. She was astounded. But Jesus was pointing it out to, to her two facts because he said he wanted her to know three things, who he was. So he was, she was unaware of who he was. And that is God was in the midst of her, but she was unaware of it. And the second thing he wanted her to know is what he had to offer. And the third thing was how she could receive it. So here in this story, this is what Jesus is showing us, but this is something that happens to us all the time. The Lord is always showing us who he is, what he has to offer us, and how we can receive it. But so many of us 
or run away from the truth of God. We are looking for something that is palatable to us, something that we can just experience easily. But that's not the way life is. I've lived long enough to know that God is not, as it were, trying to make everything really easy for us. But he, but he wants us to be strong. He wants us to be strong in him and to grow. And so here uh, you find the eternal God. Now, this is amazing. The eternal God speaking to this woman, offering her eternal life, and she didn't have a clue. She was as blind as any of those Pharisees. Jesus called the Pharisees blind Pharisee because here was God in the flesh talking to them and they didn't know it. Now, to parallel that, God in the Spirit, God in the Spirit is revealing himself to us daily, but many of us don't know it because we have our own ideas. We have our own ideas of what God ought to be saying to us. And, and, and the things that we want, the things that we're zeroed in on, they blind us to what God is saying oftentimes. Now, in this story, my, my subject is the gift of God. And I want to show you this amazing gift of God, the Holy Spirit, and, and how the Holy Spirit works for all of us. How the Holy Spirit is working now in the midst of us powerfully, but some of us are totally unaware of it. Thank you, Jesus. In John chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, uh, John was speaking here. John answered uh, his audience saying, I baptize you with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. Can you imagine that? And the woman at the well didn't know who was talking to her. The Jewish people didn't know who was talking. What a shame. We don't know sometimes who's talking. We can know. And so the, the purpose is not to tell you what we don't know and leave you there. We can know. But this is what Jesus says. Um, the one that you don't know, in verse 33 says, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. The one that you don't know baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is not just some little feeling that we get. Ooh, did you feel the Holy Spirit? He's a lot bigger than that. The Holy Spirit is God. Let me ask you a question. Have we taken too lightly the gift of God, the Holy Spirit? Amen. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. Amen. Hey, verdad. Have we taken too lightly the gift of God, the Holy Spirit? Yes, we have. Because he is often doing something in the midst of us and we don't know it. Amen. Have we kept this truth? in our mind and our heart that the Holy Spirit, the one that we talk about, is God? Have we really investigated, have we really thought about it in a, deeply, in a deep way that the Holy Spirit has brought to us the triune God that right now in us we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit living in us? That's amazing to me. This is the gift of God. This woman was ignorant of the gift of God. That means unaware of the gift of God. How many Christians are unaware of the gift of God? How many of us are dictating to God what he should do in our lives rather than receiving who he is in our lives? The gift of God. Now, why am I on this vein? I'm on this vein because I believe, and I believe, I believe by the Holy Spirit that 
that you and I are in a time period where we are going to need the Lord not once in a while, but every day. Life has become so complex. We're going to need the Lord every day. There's a, a writer of a song that says, you don't need him every day. He says, I need thee every hour. Does anybody know that, that's, uh, that song? I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour, I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. I need you every hour. And I'm telling you, we need the Lord not only every hour, but every minute of the day. And when I see that day pro approaching, you and I must be aware. I believe that preaching the day must be getting the people of God, not the world so much, but the people of God aware of his coming and aware of our responsibility before him at his coming. Amen. Amen. So, so God is living in us. Jesus Christ lives in us. Let's look at John chapter 14, verses 21 uh, through 24. Let's look at these uh, and see what we can understand about the gift of God. Jesus says, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Look at that. He who has my commandments and keeps them. Now, most of our, us have thought that we uh, keep the commandments through sheer willpower and, and, and human exertion. That's not the way you keep the commandments of the Lord. You keep the commandments of the Lord by the Holy Spirit who lives in you. You keep the commandments of the Lord by the Holy Spirit who lives in you. I find that some of us have that good old-time religion, that, but it didn't teach us much. Come on, you know, we, we, we can talk about God. We can talk about God. We don't seem to understand God. Remember that old song? I, I've kind of quoted a little bit of it to you before. You know, it says something like this. Heaven, heaven, everybody talking about heaven ain't going there. Heaven, heaven. And so that means that we have religiosity, but we have never, ever had the living God in, in us, inside us, living in our heart. And by the heart, it does not mean the blood pump. See, just as the blood pump is germane to your being, your inner place, there's an inner place in everybody. It's a spiritual place where God dwells by his spirit. It's called the heart. Why? Because it's an essential part of you. Everything comes from the heart. And Jesus says, if you... He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. We're singing about love, love. It, you know, you're, the, the best way to know whether somebody uh, loves God is whether they obey God. Obedience is your outward sign of the love that you have. And so you, if you love God, obey God. Obey God. Now, in this particular instance, Judas, not Iscariot or the betrayer. This is not Judas the betrayer. It's probably Thaddeus who said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? I think that's a good question. How is it that you will manifest yourself? Because he's thinking, you know, for example, Jesus is coming, second coming. He, everybody's going to see him. Every eye is going to see him, the Bible says. So how can you do that and not to the world? Jesus explains. Listen to what he says. And I love this. He reiterates what he just told him. Sometimes we don't get it the first time. So we have to say it again slightly different, all right? So there's what we call a nuance of difference. It's, it's, it's a small difference, but you'll get it. Now listen to what he says in verse 33. 
Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he said it before, he will keep my word. That's what Jesus just told him. But let's listen. And my father will love him. He just came, told him. Listen, and we will come to him. He didn't say, um, and make, uh, and, 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 and uh, manifest myself. But this is what he says. And we'll make our home. Same meaning. We'll make our home. So he's going to come and he's gonna, we're going we're gonna to make our home with that person who loves me. We're going to have, a, we got, that person, as it were, will be the house of God or a house of God. Each one of you can see yourselves as the, a, a house of God. Come on, a house of God. Why are you a house of God? Not only do you live there in the Spirit, but God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit live in your heart, live inside your frame, your body right now. That's why the Bible tells us you can't, you are not your own. Paul tells us you are not your own. You, that means you can't take God, the Father, Son, anywhere you want to go. Well, I just, I'm young. Well, you can, if you're saved, you don't belong to yourself. Doesn't matter whether you're young or old. Well, I just got to have some fun. Well, just listen. What if God said, I don't want to go to that place you're going? I'm so baffled that young Christians think that they can go to the bar and do all of those things and, do, you know, do, I'll leave it at the broad. Yeah? They feel like they can do all that stuff and still, I, I know God's in me. I don't care what they say. Well, do you care what he says? You can't be, be saved by your own rules. It's not reality. Now, listen to what he says here. He says, we will come and make our home with him. Not only would the Father come, not only does Jesus come, uh, but, but the Holy Spirit is there. Listen, and so the gift of the Holy Spirit has brought us more than we can articulate, more than we can fully understand. But we can start to do what you would do with a, a, a 72-pound steak. You can start eating on it. Amen. Amen. One bite at a time. One bite at a time. In verse 24, he says, he who does not love me, look at the contrast. He who does not love me does not keep my words. So I, I know that we oftentimes will make excuses for us not doing something because that's the way uh, the human condition is. But he's, Jesus says emphatically, with great emphasis, and it's very important. He who does not love me. So he's contrasting those who love and those who don't. He said, does, he who does not love me does not keep my words. He who does not love me does not keep. So we have to keep God's word. But again, we don't keep God's words by sheer willpower. If you've lived as long as I have and some of the others here, you'll know that willpower breaks down. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to receive the Holy Spirit. Those of you now, just receive the Holy Spirit. Just receive. Father, just give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. You said you would give the Holy Spirit to those who ask for him. So, Father, I pray that in this audience right now, that everyone would just receive the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And so, he says, and the word which you hear is not mine, Jesus is saying, but the Father's who sent me. 
And, Jesus, and I want to reiterate, Jesus is saying that the Word of God belongs to the Father. It's like Jesus saying, I belong to the Father because Jesus himself is the eternal Word of God. So mind-blowing. I wish we could just sit down on a panel, some of us, and just talk about it to you, what that looks like. You see, the Word of God is reality. The Word of God has form. The Word of God is powerful. The Word of God is substantive. It has substance. And one day, the Word of God was a man walking on the streets of Galilee and walking on the streets of Jerusalem. His name was Jesus. He was made into a baby, Mary's baby. It's the Word of God. That man now, that man now who rose from the grave and became a life-giving spirit, he became, the scripture says, a life-giving spirit. This is our story. It was his story. Now it's our, our story. This is a story of who you are now. He became a life spirit, a giving spirit. And what by God giving him that authority, he then had the power to give himself away, to give himself to everyone who asked. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This, this woman, this woman uh, had encountered now the greater Jacob. You know, Jesus is the greater Jacob because the first Jacob, she said, our father Jacob, she was a Samaritan. She was part Jewish or part Jew, I should say, for the context here. And uh, she said, our father Jacob gave us this well. And uh, he drank from it. His, his uh, sons and, and, and their children drank from it. And not only that, but they, they had a lot of livestock. And say, they drank from it. But Jesus says, but you know something? Everybody who drank from this well will thirst again. But those of you who will drink from the water I give you, you will never thirst. <laughs> Jesus was speaking about spiritual water, but she interpreted it as literal water. Just like we misinterpret Scripture sometimes. We people, the people of God, they, they, we're so inundated, flooded in with the world. We're, we're the world's always encroaching upon us. And so we find sometimes that the things that we seem to know, we have done what we call conflate them. It's like we've merged things of the world with the things of God, and we think that, they're, oh, they're both right. No, we're not to do that. We're the people of God, people from God. We say, but there are good things in the world. Yes, you know, in, yeah, it's good to have shoes. <laughs> good to have clothing. But the things of life, it's all from God. He is the author of life. You and I have received the author of life. Not, not just something, as it were, that he gave. This is water here. Not only that, but we got the container too. Jesus is amazing, everybody. Jesus is amazing, everybody. And so the enemy, the enemy of us, the enemy of God, the enemy of us has come to make us think that there are other things in life that are equal to God. They're not. He has given us the Spirit. And when he gave us the Holy Spirit, he gave us himself. This is so just otherworldly in thought. Let us not be so shallow in our thinking. The disciples here, Judas, not his chariot, Thaddeus probably, we don't, I don't understand what you're saying. 
So if there's something you don't understand, ask God. He will tell you. He will tell you. Yes, yes. This woman was, con was concerned about how Jesus was going to get this water, how he's going to obtain it. Uh, where are you going to get this water from? Where are you going to get it? She should have just asked. There's some things you get by just asking. Let, let me read something to you um, in John chapter 1. This verses, I was re uh, reading that earlier, but let me read uh, verses 32, 34. He says, John bore witness saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he re remained on him. You know, I've read that since I was a child. I saw the Spirit of God coming from heaven, and, and uh, he alighted on Jesus, and he re remained on him. And I'm thinking I'm glad because that's telling me that Jesus was the Son of God. But it also says more than that. We're going to be learning forever and ever. We'll be learning about Jesus forever and ever. Isn't it amazing how there is one person, uh, just think of a person who has a, a body like yours, but he is God, the God-man. And from that one man came everything. Uh, you know, the, the scientists are saying they've got this Hubble telescope, and they say it goes way out. It goes so far that we've never seen anything so far, and there's, there's galaxies and planets that we've never known about. And, and, he, and all this came out of that one person, say, if he were coming here, sitting there. That's who God gave us. We have his spirit. We have the spirit is the essence of a man. And we have that living in us, how generous God is, how generous. And so he says, the, he, John saw, he said, wow, there's the Holy Spirit. Or is, is in, my, in my background, we would say, that was the Holy Ghost coming down. And he came down, and John didn't see him go up. He stayed. Listen, that same Holy Spirit that came on Jesus came into you and remained. And remained. And remained. There is no scripture that he says, I will take myself out of you. There is no place in the Bible. Hallelujah, somebody. What I'm saying is, God, Jesus saves, period. Jesus saves, period. Hallelujah. Jesus tells us who he is and what he can do. He says to the Father, Father, all those you have given me, I've lost none except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Wow. That meant when they came to take him, Jesus voluntarily gave himself. He did not let them take anybody else. When he said, let these go, it wasn't a request. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 33 says, John says, I did not know him. How many times have we read that this morning? I did not know him. But he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. I want to read the rest of my scriptures before we end it today. Do not hold lightly the Holy Spirit. I want to say again clearly that the Holy Spirit is a lot more than a feeling. 
I like to feel good. I, I tell people, people say, well, don't be guided by your feelings. I agree. And you know I've taught much on feelings. But when I wake up in the morning, I don't want to just know. I want to also feel good. So there's nothing wrong with feeling. But the Holy Spirit is not just a feeling. He's the reality of God. And that God is in you. And the way Jesus lives in you, he lives in you by his spirit. He lives in you by his spirit. And you and I are not going to, as it were, just mentally try to get hold of that. We want to get hold of that with our heart. Get a hold of that with your heart. Where nobody can pluck you, it out of your heart. But it's in your heart. Jesus is in your heart. John talks about, about those who have him overcomes the world. Did you hear that? If you are born of the Spirit, you overcome the world. You're not overcome by the world. There's nobody who is born of the Spirit of God who can be overcome by the world. That's what the Word of God says. You cannot be. Those of you who are as old as I am, you know we have been through many dangers, toils and snares. There have been many deep valleys and high hills and mountains. But not one of them has overcome the Spirit of God in us. Hallelujah. There have been many trials, deep and weary, but we have never been overcome. We're still going on. And as the old song says, we're walking up the King's Highway. We're walking up the King's Highway. It's not the world's highway. It's the King's Highway. And we are on a journey. We're on a journey to see the Lord. And we're not going to turn back. This is because we have been anointed by God with the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Thank you, Jesus. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. So Jesus is saying, I give you my peace. You are born of God, you have the peace of God. That means that what you were, all broken and worn and weary, you are no more. Do not accept the lie of the enemy. You are not broken. No, you are not because you have the peace of God through Jesus Christ. And peace Biblically, it means that which was broken has now been restored. I say that which is broken has now been restored. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, you and I have the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of God. Thank you, Jesus. I pray, Lord, that somebody in this house would come to you and receive the gift of God today. In Christ's name, I'm going to go to my seat for a moment. But I want, I want you to just think about it. If you're here, you've never come to Christ. You've never given yourself fully to Jesus Christ. Maybe you've thought about it, but you've not done it. I want you to think about it. And I want you to come to Jesus. I want you to come to Jesus. Think about it. I'm going to be right back. Amen. Amen. Amen.